Justice Gorsuch has the opinion of the Court this morning in Case 178151, Bucklew v. Priest. In 1996, Russell Bucklew's girlfriend, Stephanie Ray, announced that she wanted to end the relationship. In response, Mr. Bucklew grew violent. He hit her and threatened her with a knife. Ms. Ray sought refuge in the home of a neighbor named Michael Sanders. But not long after that, Mr. Bucklew invaded the home late at night in search of Mrs. Ray. He shot Mr. Sanders to death in front of his young children. He then drove Miss Ray to a secluded spot where he raped her at gunpoint. Finally, Mr. Buckley was arrested after a shootout with state troopers. But even that wasn't the end of it. While he was awaiting trial, Mr. Buckley escaped from jail, sought out Miss Ray's mother, and attacked her with a hammer before he could be recaptured. Twenty-two years ago, a jury convicted Mr. Buckley of murder and recommended a death sentence. After an appeal a state habeas petition, and a federal habeas petition, Mr. Bucklew seemingly ran out of legal options for challenging his conviction and sentence by 2006. When that happened, though, Mr. Bucklew then embarked on a new series of lawsuits, five of them, this time challenging the state's execution protocol. This appeal involves the latest of those challenges. In it, Mr. Bucklew claims the state's plan to execute him by lethal injection violates the Constitution specifically the Eighth Amendment, which forbids cruel and unusual punishments. Mr. Bucklew says that even if the state's lethal injection protocol is fine for other prisoners, it is unconstitutional as applied to him because it will cause him severe pain in light of his rare medical condition. This latest lawsuit has taken the last five years and involved two appeals and two last-minute stays of execution. Today we bring the case to a close because we agree with the Court of Appeals below that Mr. Bucklew's claim isn't supported by either the law or the evidence. Start with the law. Twice in recent years, we've explained that what an inmate has to prove to show that a state's method of execution violates the Eighth Amendment. First in Bayes versus Reese, and then again in Glossop versus Gross, we explained that to prove that a state's method is cruel, an inmate must show that the state has refused to adopt an alternative method that is feasible and readily implemented and it would significantly reduce a substantial risk of severe pain. Our opinion today discusses the foundations for this rule in the Constitution's original meaning and its history. Very briefly, the Eighth Amendment has never been understood to guarantee an inmate a painless death. That's a luxury not guaranteed to many people, including most victims of capital crimes. What the Eighth Amendment does guarantee, though, is a method of execution that's not cruel and unusual, And ever since the founding, people have understood that the only way to tell if a method is cruel is to compare it with other known and available alternatives to see if the state is inflicting substantially more pain than is necessary to carry out its lawful sentence. Despite our precedent on this score, Mr. Bucklew argues that he shouldn't have to identify an alternative method in this case. He says that Bayes and Glossop involved what are called facial Eighth Amendment challenges, where a plaintiff alleges that a state's method of execution is unconstitutional for all inmates. But in this case, Mr. Bucklew is bringing what's called an as-applied challenge, because he only alleges that Missouri's method of execution is unconstitutional for him. And Mr. Bucklew submits, Bayes and Glossop shouldn't govern as-applied challenges like his. We disagree. The meaning of the Constitution doesn't change depending on whether a claim happens to be labeled facial or as applied. The Constitution's meaning is fixed. So however an inmate may choose to style his claim, the Eighth Amendment remains the same 
and requires them to identify an alternative method of execution that's available for the state to use and that would significantly reduce the inmate's risk of pain. That's what our precedent and the Constitution's original meaning and history require. Now consider the facts of the case. Mr. Bucklew claims that the state's plan to execute him by lethal injection is cruel because the state could use nitrogen gas instead, which he says would be less painful for him. But even though his execution was delayed for years to allow him to develop that argument, in the end he failed to present evidence to support it. For one thing, he hasn't shown that nitrogen gas is a method the state could readily implement. True, some other states have considered using nitrogen gas for executions, but so far none has actually carried out an execution using nitrogen gas. Nor does the Constitution require a state to develop a new and novel method of execution or to be the first to experiment with such a method. But even if we set that aside, Mr. Bucklew still didn't show that nitrogen would be less painful for him than a lethal injection. His main claim was that lethal injection might take up to four minutes to render him fully unconscious. Meanwhile, he claimed that nitrogen would be preferable because it would make him unconscious in about 30 seconds. But there's no evidence to support this claim either. In fact, and to take just one example, it turns out that Mr. Bucklew's expert got the four-minute figure from a study about euthanasia in horses. And now everyone, including Mr. Bucklew's lawyers, agree that the expert was just wrong about what that study said. For these reasons and others set forth in our opinion today, we affirm the judgment of the Court of Appeals. Justice Thomas and Justice Kavanaugh have each filed a concurring opinion. Justice Breyer has filed a dissenting opinion in which Justices Ginsburg, Sotomayor, and Kagan have joined, in part. Justice Sotomayor has also filed a dissenting opinion.